Thank you for tuning in to Carbondale Historical Society's podcast. This episode is part of our This I Remember audio archive. This archive are interviews conducted in the 1980s and 90s by Mary Ferguson, a longtime resident of Carbondale, born in Spring Gulch. These interviews aired on Katie and Kay and were recently donated to the Historical Society by Mary's descendants. The Historical Society wants to thank Katie and Kay, Seven Stars Rebecca Lodge Number 91, Alpine Bank and Meredith and Dan Bullock Ferguson's family, as well as the many other donors and volunteers who came together to save these tapes and make them forever available to our Carbondale community. Enjoy. Tonight, I have J.R. Dye as my guest. J.R. is an old-time resident of Carbondale. He went away for a while, but shall we say a good penny or a bad penny, he came back to Carbondale. Uh, will you tell us something about your father being a barber in this, in Carbondale, and about your early life in, in Carbondale? Well, Mary, the, uh, I can tell you a lot about the, uh, the 30s because the, uh, that's when we came here, and uh, that was the height of the Depression, of course. And uh, the, uh, my dad had uh, always been a rancher, but uh, he, during his early days, he was a, a barber. And so uh, when my mother died, he kind of gave up on the idea of ranching. And so that's when we moved to Carbondale, and he bought the uh, barbershop. And, uh, of course, as you know, the barbershop, uh, as this day now, is the liquor store. There, right. It's like <laughs> there on the... Uh, the on, leprechaun. On the corner, yes. And at, uh, at that time, why, uh, of course, uh, Ping had the grocery store on the corner, and then in between, why, him and Freak James uh, had the um, pool hall. And, of course, that was where all of us kids used to hang out. But my dad was here... And he stayed all during the 30s here, and he was the only barber shop in town at that one time. And uh, if I remember right, they were getting like uh, uh, 35 cents for a haircut, and I think 15 cents for a shave or something like that at that time. And on Saturday nights, and I used to come down and uh, and uh, help them and uh, try to get uh, the fellas prepped up by uh, little lavender faces or putting towels around them and putting aprons on them so they get their haircut and trying to help them that way, but otherwise, why well, I was just a normal kid, I'd run around shooting pool. Uh, was Frank Bradley the barber before your dad bought Yeah, he was the one that uh, my dad bought from him, yeah. It, so, and of course, Frank had been a barber here for many years. Uh, Frank lived on the corner of Main Street on 8th, the corner of 8th and Eighth Main. 8th down, yes, yes, in the right, down on this corner. And uh, when you're... When you were going to school here, uh, what was the school like at that time? Well, the uh, school, of course, is the real old building that's, uh, I guess, they're still using it. And, uh, of course, they waited until after uh, we got out of school before they built the new school to, to start with it out there. But the, uh, at that time, there wasn't too many. Like when we graduated, we had 10 boys and girls that graduated. And, uh, of course, Johnson was the principal here at this time, at that time. And uh, the uh, two years ago now we had our reunion, and uh, there were uh, three of them that had uh, that were deceased, which isn't too bad out of the ten for this uh, this day and age. And uh, of course we were going to have another one this year, but uh, some of them have come down with sickness, so we're not going to have it until maybe next year. 
But uh, we got them all here, and we had uh, a lot of the people from, well, you were there, Mary. Yes, I was We had a lot of the people from the 30s, nearly all from 30 to 40 that attended. In fact, there was 36 of them there at that time when we had the the reunion. That was a great reunion. There were so many people we hadn't seen for years. Me either. came back. (laughs) It was great to have reunions. Well, uh, the... uh, what was Main Street like at that time? Well, Main Street is a... Uh, uh, I've talked to several people since I come back, and uh, when we come down from the Odd Bells Hall there, I used to say, guys, this is where the old bakery used to be. You know, Agnes doesn't even remember where the old bakery was at, but the, the old bakery is right next door to where the uh, uh, the restaurant is there now. Yes. And, uh, of course, next to the restaurant was, uh, was the blacksmith shop, and if I remember right uh, uh, where the Smithies is now, Patterson owned both of them, and one of them was done for horses, and the other one was done for the heavy carriage work for um, for wagons and things like that. But uh, the uh, uh, it was quite interesting because then right next to where the well the journals are now, right next to the journal, and there was a great big creamery where the creamery was in right on the corner. And uh, of course that was uh, uh, there were older buildings, but at that time, but uh, that was where the creamery was. At. And then across the street where the telephone buildings at now was where Dan Root used to have his uh, Conoco station. Well, the Conoco station was uh, built by my brother. Was he your and, brother? Uh, he had the original Conoco station and the uh, tanks down there for the railroad Now, see, John track. Lambert, yeah. Yes, he, uh, he's my yeah, brother. John, yeah. And, uh, of course, it's uh, that corner is not a Conoco station now, but at that time... We had, instead of having lifts for the cars, we had uh, a the trench. Open, yeah, the open pit, right. Yes, an open right. pit, and car would drive yeah. over the pit, and that's how they were greased and oiled. Well, I enjoyed it so much there because the, uh, that's the only way I could court the girls because I worked for Dan Root and let him go to lunch and things like that, and that way I got my, I get my work my gas money up. See, although it was only 10 cents a gallon, but, you know, 10 cents is hard to come by in those days. 10 cents was money. And... Uh, and then, uh, well, then across the street from there was where the uh, Ping's Grocery was at. And, uh, of course, then I was known as the ice man around town because uh, Ping's only put up ice, and I used to take his little old Model, <laughs> Model A uh, uh, pickup truck and delivered ice all around town because everybody had uh, uh, ice, ice box. boxes to the refrigerators. But, you know, kind of looking around town there, it's so interesting to note that at that time during the 30s, we had five grocery stores in this town, and we had a population of about 300 people. Now you got about 3,000 people, and you only got one store in town. But those five grocery stores, they all raised big families, and had, and everybody was, was uh, well, the, all their kids, they, had, they didn't have, they had clothes on their back and everything like that. Everybody raised their own families, and those five got along real good. Normally, the... Uh five that we had here would carry the farmers from one season oh, to sure, the next sure. and then would have would get their pay sure. whenever the farmer sold whatever crop he was selling yeah, or when the when or when the potatoes came in and uh, of course the uh, uh us young kids at that time why that's where we always looked forward to the fall why where we can pick up a few odd dollars picking potatoes or uh bucking potatoes down for old alice reese down the potato shack and things like that but of course, we only got, um, at that time, we only got four cents a sack for uh, picking potatoes, and you worked like heck to try to get 100, uh, 100 sacks a day, so you get four bucks. <laughs> it's so amazing what money was then and what money is now. Yeah. 
it's it's hard for people to realize that what we bought for a quarter takes a dollar and a quarter to buy. <laughs> oh, gee, yeah, it takes more than that. I know they, anytime we wanted to uh, go to Glenwood to the shore or something like that, why the, uh, some of us young kids, we knew where the, uh, there was always, uh, you know, two or three guys in town that drank a little heavy, so we always tried to watch where they'd hang out at and grab their bottles, and then we'd go and sell them to the bootlegger, and we'd pick up 20 cents, 25 cents, so we'd go to the show. What do you know? <laughs> the uh, barbershop itself has uh, changed hands several times. Yeah, they, they tell me that even uh, uh, Russell Shaw had them at one time. Yes, he like did. That, yeah. And Russell Shaw was across the street uh, where the Centennial Building is now oh. at that time. Yes, he was. Uh, he was in. Uh, he was in uh, school when I was in school, and uh, I think he was uh, two years behind me. I think. But he played in the band with us at that time too. Uh, that band that we used to have years ago had some quite some experiences when they went to the junction or to uh, some other school. Oh, even like, to yeah, we Utah. took up to. Uh, we went to uh, Price, Utah. Yes. And. Uh, the, uh, well, then, of course, we, we had a hard time picking up enough money, you know, to pay the trips, but we always enjoyed it. We went Junction every year. But then we always go to Price, Utah, Ogden, Utah, or someplace like that for a little trip, too. There were a lot of pies and cakes baked to oh, send yeah. you kids out yeah. on. And the only thing we hated about was wearing those tams that we used with the band uniforms in those caves. But you, you, you always got sunburn wearing those tams, but now I guess they got a little different hat. But. Well, the feather in their hat. The, <laughs> the band has really come to town. We have a very good band. Well, we had a good band then, too. Very good. And the, the uh, you know, and those kids were going to the band uh, here in town at that time. They had two real nice dance halls. As you know, the Oddfellas Hall Odd was Fellas one of the best. And the Dinkle Hall down here was one of the better ones, too. Cause in fact, this is where we had all the... Uh, the junior senior proms and uh, things like that was here in the Dinkle Building, but otherwise on Saturday nights we're always at the Oddfellas Hall. Of course, we used the Oddfellas Hall to play basketball with at that time. It doesn't too. seem like that's possible with the space <laughs> in there, but I played basketball in there, and, and we and, had a girls' team. Yeah, and I guess they played them till they uh, they got what the new building until uh, uh, they finally got a area up there that they could use it. But uh, we used it all the time over there. In fact, it, uh, the Oddfellas Hall was used. And it's kind of amazing to me that the vacant spot between there and the bakery has never been used. Part of that land belongs to the Oddfellows. Does it? And uh, part of it belongs to whoever owns the the restaurant that's there now. And it has, right now, we have made it up into what we call Friendship Park. Yeah, I see the, with the flowers and everything like that over there uh, growing on it. But, well, it's just like the the, uh, Hinkle that... um, he had his garage right behind Ping's, you know, and he hauled all the coal and things like that. I know we used to tease the devil daylights out of his drivers and uh, by unloading their coal and stuff like that. <laughs> he had quite a time with it, but, of course, one of the, the bigger times we always enjoyed here was, uh, I suppose you remember, that time we had uh, this one, one-eyed one fella, Thomas was his name, that was the marshal here in the town. marshal. And us kids used to really drive him almost crazy, <laughs> but... He was he was good to us, and uh, the uh, you remember the post office right downtown here, and right down the stairs here in the Dingle Building, right uh, just to yes. the right of the door here, a little ways was where the post office was at that one time. Um, and everybody got their mail there. There's no deliveries in town at that time. Myrna Ray Pratt, I believe, is a granddaughter of Marshall Thomas. 
What is that? And of course, she still lives around here. Her family lives around here. But I remember most of the time they would, um, well, Dean Smith, of course, was yeah. kept the kids in order. Oh, sure. And uh, our little jail is the beginning of a museum. I hope someday we get a larger space. And um, it was really used for Saturday night. Oh yeah, they people. Of course, we didn't uh, we didn't have any problem in those days uh, expecting uh, uh, people to uh, provide entertainment for us. We provided our own entertainment. I mean, we didn't uh, had no problem with uh, what to do on Saturday nights or any night during the week or anything like that. Uh, we didn't expect the uh, and the town never did uh, do any. Uh, uh, anything for us uh, otherwise than just to just to keep us in town because we always had a place to go and things to do there was always skiing or not skiing but uh, sleigh riding and skating for people at that time uh, skating it just hasn't happened in the last few years because our winters have been so different right right because the ice is slush by the middle of the day I can. I, uh, I remember one of the uh, the things that was real important at that one time was uh, while I was talking to you before the show was the uh, the hot springs up here. I can remember my dad had a lot to do with uh, helping that up there because he liked it. But of course, one of his big projects while he was uh, barber here in town was working on the McClure Pass, and uh, uh, he used to work with Ed Johnson, who was uh, governor at that time, and then went to a senator, and then he was used to work with uh, Aspinall from Grand Junction. And until they finally, they, the one thing was they wanted to keep McClure Pass open year-round. And that was the hardest thing at the time. And so I know while he was here, and that, and even after he left, well, I know he kept working on it. And if he was alive today, where he could see that the McClure Pass is all paved and kept open uh, year-round and everything like that, he, he would really like it, I'm sure. Of course, he'd be very disappointed that uh, uh, the hot springs went the way of a lot of our culture. <laughs> Hot Springs. It's a shame that we have lost Hot Springs because although it wasn't a luxury affair, it wasn't modern by any means, but it was well used by the citizens of Carbondale. Right. And until until such time as, uh, you know, those that uh, had to come around and start using drugs and uh, and the narcotics and uh, uh, alcohol beverage and like that and then tore it all apart and some of them got drowned, I guess, why one of those things that they ruined it for everybody else. It uh, was, uh, it, its location is bad. It's in um, Pitkin County. Yeah. And of course, Aspen's so far away. Yeah. Well, of course, and the road being there probably probably hurt the, the hot springs more than anything else. I imagine the road being that close. If it had been, uh, say, just a block off of there, two blocks off the road, it'd probably been a lot better than what it is right now than it was when, the, uh, when they had to destroy it. But. Now, that property, that, uh, Agnes, your wife's family had. Is it still in use? That's right by the hot springs. Right by the hot springs. They uh, uh, here just a few years ago. Uh, they sold the uh, two cabins, which is uh, uh, to the west, right above the road. There, a little ways. They sold the two cabins that they had there because, uh, with the element that was here at that one time, why they couldn't keep them from breaking in, and uh, they were setting fires around and. It was just uh, uh, with the same element was bothering the, the hot springs. 
that was bothering their cabins up there, and they just took all the recreation for such a, a few young people that was, well, they were called the hippies of those days, and it just made it impossible to live there. And so they finally just got tired of it, and uh, so then they sold it. And I guess the people now are currently using it. I, uh, I don't know to what extent. A family living there? there well, they, uh, they used it as a weekend or a rec just a recreational place, I think. And Camp of course, out. we don't have the element there now either to bother them, so I think they're enjoying it quite a bit. Across the river is quite, used to be quite some farmland, and there's a house across the river. Well, of course, that's uh, you know just a little farther, uh, just south of the little ways where they've been trying to get this, uh, uh, start up a spring sauna and everything like that too. But Pitkin County has been kind of you know backing off from them and uh, making it kind of rough for them to develop any type of land in there for uh, recreational purpose or whatever they have. Well, that makes it uh, really bad because Aspen is so far away, and yeah, they, it has to go through this part of Garfield County. Sure to get to the other end of Pitkin County. Pitkin County should either dissolve it and hand it over to them or give it to Garfield or something because they, they don't even police it to start with. I mean, they, they have no, no way to get there. And uh, uh, they try to handle it like they do the some of the Aspen places up there. And then uh, I'd hate to want to get a building permit in Pitkin County, I'll tell you. At one time, Carbondale had uh, electric lights up there when we had uh, two nice cabins for the hot springs. But the doors were taken off, the roof was taken off. Yeah, yeah they, the, uh, the hippie element that they had that time was just too bad, it made it uncomfortable for everybody. You know, they, when we came in from the, the ranch here, you know, we, we brought a Jersey cow with us. And I used to keep her up at Dudley's up here where the, uh, and uh, she used to roam up above where the Catholic church is at right now. Yes. That used to be the pasture for Dudley used to have it. And uh, so I used to milk her twice a day and then sell milk around town. Of course, that made a, a, a few bucks, too, besides feeding all of our family on, uh, on milk. But I know later on when uh, the, uh, uh, we took her over to Louis Thompson's and I used to keep her over there until then I went away to college after I graduated. Then my dad, I guess the, uh, my younger brothers weren't too interested in uh, milking cows, and so he sold her. And uh, he sold her to Shreese outside of town here, so they... But we used to, used to, that was something easy to do every morning and every evening, milk the old cow. There's some 70 houses or more on that property. It was the Van Sickle property, and of course Dudley owned it at one time, and then Gus Darien bought it. Yeah. And now it is city. Yeah, it's Gus town. had a lot of that property in there, even where the Masonic Hall is now. Well, place Gus like that, and Elda donated the ground for the Methodist Church and the Masonic Temple. Both of them, huh? Yes. It was part of their ranch land. Well, that's right. The Masonic Hall used to be right in this building, didn't it? Yes. Down the Masonic Mall Hall was in this building yeah. at the end of the hall. Well, this is where all the and teachers used to stay, too. They used to room here, and then inside there was a beauty shop here, and down on one side there we used to get a hair curl and things like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the old Ping store was quite, quite a store at that time. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the uh, Mr. Pings, of course, he was the postmaster, and of course, Stanley had run at that time. But the uh, he had the big place in the back where they used to uh, uh, put up ice all the time. In fact, it was the only place in town, I guess, where you can get ice, and uh, he delivered ice. And uh, the uh, of course, I was the delivery boy. I used to deliver it in the uh, in the evenings after school, and then on Saturdays especially too. But uh, 
the uh, and Ping had a real real nice store there. Well, all of them did, but Jet Dudley, the IGA, Witchy, Dinkle, they all had real nice stores around town here. The uh, ice. Remember the when the Dinkle people, the Dinkle store delivered groceries and things. They had a one horse wagon that uh, delivered the groceries Far around, around town. town. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and where the um, motel is now was really the barn where Dingles kept that one horse and the wagon right across the street. Yeah, well, see where uh, where Hinkle's uh, uh, where the garage is that back. That used to be the stables too for the when they yes, had the livery, that was uh, livery really a time. livery stable yeah. where people would go with their teams and horses and. Uh, then finally went to Ford trucks yeah, to deliver yeah, they, coal. Yeah, all the, and all the big trucks, sure. They, the, uh, we see Daryl once in a while. We're over in Denver. He's over there now, him and, and, and his wife, both Helma. And uh, we see them once in a while. We're over in Denver, and uh, they, uh, they're getting along real good. Of course, they're getting up in age like all of us. But That was a thriving business. Oh, yeah. The Dinkle Building, the Budget Building, the yeah. Hinkle Building. Yeah. It's a shame now. The 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 Budget Building, I think, is uh, completely empty right now. I think. No, there's a family uh, living downstairs. Living upstairs? Downstairs. Downstairs, are they? And the upstairs is still used for storage. Is it? We had Clara Vidic on this program. This I remember, and of course, looking out the window, she remembered a great deal oh, about sure. the home where she. Has lived for so many years. Oh, sure. Could we, I know we used to go over there uh, with uh, Tuffy Budget. That was her brother. And uh, the uh, goodness, it was uh, anytime you walked in that building, you're just like the, one of the family. Uh, Tuffy Budget, Henry, passed mm -hmm. away last year. Oh, did he? Yes. Yeah, because the last yeah. I heard when we, we tried to get a hold of him for the, through Clara for the reunion, and he was in Washington at that time, if I remember right. He's, uh, he and his wife both were of ill health for the last two or three years. Well, as you like the, the building here, I was looking out the other day, going out toward Catherine's store through town here, when Flynn's used to have that in there. I know Dale Atkinson and I, we used to, we trapped muskrat and beaver all all through that, clear down to the to Catherine's store down in there. And uh, of course, we made quite a lot of money at that, but of course, at that time, why uh, you only get a couple dollars for a muskrat and probably $10 for a beaver. But uh, now that's a lot of houses in there now. That is no houses problem. and trailers. Right. It is. It isn't farmland anymore. No. It is. Uh, of course, there's uh, pasture land for horses, things like that. Yeah, but, there's a lot of horses down but in that. No in that one particular area. raises a, a crop of any kind. No, not anymore. They well, it's just like now you don't see many potatoes around there either. <laughs> no, potatoes is a thing of the past, and this. Yeah, and it's uh, and it amuses me when the farmers come to town to buy milk and butter and eggs. <laughs> when it was used to be just the reverse, they would bring the milk, butter, and eggs to town so they could buy the other things they needed. Well, we had, you know when they ended up the the harvest each fall, the uh, potato day was one of our our biggest uh, uh, things that we had around one of the biggest uh, uh, events that we look forward to, and it's nothing like it is now. 
and uh, it's uh, of course as uh, as everything else has changed, it has changed uh, traditionally. But I mean, you still got a potato day, but it wasn't like it was then. Then everybody come from the whole area around that, and everybody ate, and everybody happy. And then you always had a big dance, and and uh, it was uh, it was something everybody looked forward to. It was the end of the harvest, right? And it was really a Thanksgiving celebration because people were so happy that the potatoes were in the cellars and not out there in and the ho- field. Hoping for a good price so that the government wouldn't have to buy them up and dye them blue. That was, that was something to have the potatoes uh, sprayed so that uh, they were either red or blue or some yeah, color. So, the, so, you so couldn't, it couldn't be re- resold. Yeah, that was the only place. Although they could be used for feed for right. animals. Right. The dye did not, was not harmful. But of course you wouldn't Put it on your own table. <laughs> uh, so. wh- how many potatoes are raised around here now? Just everybody's garden, that's about all, isn't yes, it? Yes, and the Slaniks. And they're about the only people who raise who any really, amount really of potatoes. Really raising potatoes, yeah. Potatoes. Yeah. Well, even cattle are not, uh, you know, there's not the cattle around here like they used to be at the cattle ranches because a lot of them are broken up now and they're in 35-acre, 40-acre plots and things like that. It's a different economy now, and it's a different, um, well, life is just different. Well, it's sure, they, it's a, even where the, the old crooked bridge down there where we used to go across to Glenwood Springs, why, the, uh, of course, that was one of the nice fishing holes that we used to have, too. And of course, now they've got no trespassing signs and everything else on it. But uh, the old road is still there, but of course, the bridge is knocked down. But now they've got a real nice bridge. But of course, it was all gravel road in those days going to Glenwood anyway. And only for two two lanes. Yeah. <laughs> no four lanes. And then after after they just graveled it, where well, the gravel was high enough that it uh, was mostly hit on the bottom of your car, you were traveling over. Couldn't go from lane to lane, but we got there and we made it and we had a good time. And it was it. like riding a, a roller coaster to go to town. The road was <laughs> ups and downs. It was kind of fun riding, bumping in the back seat as you oh, went yeah, over those bumps. Yeah. It, it wasn't anything like today where uh, you want to go to Glenwood why you figure 15 minutes and you're there. Well, that's progress. That's growth. Oh, sure, that's progress. I, that's, uh, that's good progress, too, as far as, uh, uh, you know, in fact, uh, as you look back over, you think this is probably one of the, probably the best times uh, that uh, of any era that we have had. And it's, uh, you, it makes you think, uh, makes you feel real good that you're a part of it. That, uh, that during this time, of course, from now on, it'll be more scientific than what it has been in the past. But the progress that we have seen in the last uh, 50 years is probably the best progress that anyone has ever seen. From now on, it'll all be scientific. But, and I'm happy to have been a part of it and to live during this what time. What do you see in the future of Carbondale? Well... Carbondale, uh, uh, like now, uh, probably uh, not to be derogatory or anything, but uh, probably the the majority of the people living in Carbondale now are probably the people that work in Aspen can't afford to live there, and eventually that's probably what'll happen. The the it'll be an overflow from uh, from Aspen. There'll be more houses from here from people that want to enjoy the uh, the uh, livelihood of skiing and so forth and want to work up there, but. Otherwise, why the I don't think uh, Carmel has too much to offer. The the only time they would be is that which where the this area of ours and also the United States is rich in coal, and that's the only thing. If they ever go back to coal instead of nuclear power, which everybody thinks nuclear power is probably the coming thing, 
Why, if they ever go back to coal, which we've got an abundance of within, we'll really shine around here. Because there's lots of coal, and uh, it's one of the things that set them up. But right now, it's, uh, it's almost a forgotten occupation right now. Well, do you think um, usually where there's coal, there's oil? Right. Do you think that might happen to this community? Well, I've been hearing a lot of booming around here the last few days. That's right. The graph, and so they, uh, and I suppose they're trying to find the uh, the domes and the the valleys, uh, the where oil might be. And uh, as you know, uh, just a few miles from over to Rangeley and so forth. Now they've got a lot of oil fields going over there and gas fields, and uh, it could. And if it is, that's a that's a coming future because right now they're not flourishing because uh, the barrel of prices is, is so low that. They can't afford to hardly compete with uh, with foreign oil at the present time. You have been listening to J.R. Dye on KDNK, this I Remember program, 90.5 Carbondale, 91.3 in Glenwood Springs. This I Remember is on, on Sunday evenings from 6 to 6.30. Thank you for listening. This, I remember Mary Ferguson, Katie and Kay, Carbondale, and a wide city around. I remember my guest for tonight because he is an old time resident of Carbondale. His father was a barber in Carbondale many years ago, and J.R. Dye graduated from the Carbondale schools. J.R., tell us something about your early life in Carbondale, Colorado, and then we will go to the building for the senior citizens. Well, <laughs> when we came here, <laughs> this was a small little town of about 300 people, and uh, I remember we had uh, five grocery stores in town, and each one of them had a pretty good large family, and each one of them made enough money to uh, uh, support their family and keep their family going. And of course, this was uh, during the Depression, and uh, there was a lot of families in town that were on WPA and things like that. But uh, this was a very, very nice little town to uh, uh, live in, and uh, the, you got along with everybody, you knew everybody, and uh, it was uh, hard to leave when uh, I did graduate and went off to college. Then you uh, didn't come back for many years. No. I, while I was going to uh, college down in Grand Junction, I, uh, I got drafted, and uh, of course that was uh, one of the first numbers, and uh, I spent uh, five years and uh, almost a half while I was in the service, and uh, before I got to come home, and I uh, got discharged in December of 45, and uh, in the meantime, I, I stopped off in Minneapolis, and uh, I uh, well, made my own business there and went to work, and until I retired, and then I came back to the only place to live in the country, Carbondale, Colorado. That's really true. It's not the town that we knew that, well, I've been here for a good many years also, but it has changed so much. It took us, the committee that was working on senior housing, seven years to find a site where we could build the senior housing complex that we have now. It is a one-bedroom unit apartment for 
We have 16 units. Tell us something about the new one that is being planned now, J.R. Well, the uh, new one uh, that is coming up now, it's going to be 16 units also, but they're going to be up in units of four. In other words, you're going to have four uh, one-bedroom apartments, and it's uh, kind of like in a cluster. But uh, they're going to be, instead of having all, like now we have uh, eight in a building, eight apartments in a building, well, these are going to be four separate ones. And uh, at the present time now, we have the uh, the foundations are laid, and uh, I think most of the cement is laid, and they're getting ready to uh, go up with them. Now here, a couple of weeks ago, I, our, uh, the uh, heads of our of the uh, uh, senior housing and also the, the manager, why they went to Denver and uh, they got our uh, official loan and uh, got our money so that we got started. Now, we're, we're doing a lot of things different this time than we did on the other one. We learned a lot by the other units and we learned that how uh, architects can get conniving and how uh, poor contractors can do poor work and uh, the, uh, we, <laughs> we learned a lot like <laughs> we remember on the last one the, uh, the spec uh, for making the gas line uh, call for a gas line one half inch to an inch and a half and so the <laughs> what did the contractor do he puts in a half inch gas line now can you imagine anybody trying to heat a 16 units with a half inch gas line so we had to change that we had to change the water we've had to change heater we learned a lot by hiring uh, poor contractors and by contractors are not here where you can get to them and where the uh, architects uh, lives in denver or spends most of his time up there and uh, so uh, we really learned and so now we're trying to look into it because these other 16 units we have they cost us a lot of money we're trying to repair and we still have a lot of repair to do because they were put up very inefficiently by the uh, not knowing what we should do. And now then we're trying to correct all that by having good architects and having good contractors. And then we're going to try to do a lot of the inspecting ourselves of what's gone on before. Now, we have uh, changed our water line. We used to have water coming in up the ditch that was come in the, the, one of the ditches traveling around town here and we've covered that up and so that we have a little more room and uh, so now then we've also got approval from the city for 16 more units which we plan to do as soon as uh, uh, money is available or we can get money because this is government subsidized housing for senior citizens and they uh, uh, you know how <laughs> That goes, there's always uh, some people that shouldn't be there and some people that should be there. And uh, they, but as long as they turn in the right kind of papers, we have to accept them. Yet a lot of us know that there's few people shouldn't be there that are there. And then people coming in from other places, like uh, they come in from California, they put an application, and we have to take them. And, uh, but we're trying to make these new 16 units real good and livable. And we have a lot of applications on. I think we had 23 or 26 applications already. And uh, we're asking for more applications because some people, when it comes time to move in, they're not available. And uh, some of them own their homes and they can't move right away. And so if uh, you're in the category that you would like to have uh, uh, housing and uh, in the senior housing, why put in your application, go over there and put in your 
uh, application and I think uh, Monday morning is a good time because there's always somebody there. Uh, what is the street? What is the name of the street? And what are the names of some of the other streets that you're going to have? Well, they right now they call it uh, the uh, Crystal Housing and the uh, uh, if anybody goes out 133, why well, all they have to do is to, uh, when they, uh, they get to the regional national bank there, is they have to turn right, and all you have to do is go two blocks, and there is the housing, and then you can look farther to the south, and you can see the big piles of sand and gravel, and of course the rocks that we have around here. You can see them all piled up where the second edition is being made up, and you can go into the commons there, which is the uh, where the office building is at, and uh, the lady there is Pat Warner, and uh, she'll take your application, or she's got her phone number there if she happens to be busy doing something else, and you can call her and put in your application, and she'll put it on file, and then it's on a uh, uh, need need basis is the way they pick out the people, and, and it depends upon your income a lot, of course, if you're making $50,000 a year, why well, I know you need to put in an application because it won't be accepted. <laughs> I think maybe I'd be eligible <laughs> not <laughs> making 50000 a year. Mary, you, you probably would. They, uh, in fact, that'd be, a, that'd be a good place for you. I'm, I'm sure that you probably know 80% of the people that are in there. I yes, I do. I know most of the people that are there and have known them almost all their lives or all my life. And you know they they uh, they have a lot of activities there themselves in the common. I think every every night they have something going on, and also during the day, and uh, they uh, they have their own uh, kitchen there that they can have their own parties, and they've got uh, enough tables where they can uh, seat uh, 16 people for playing cards, and uh, then of course the washer and dryer and everything is there too, and it's a it's a real nice. Then they have a little place out there where you can if you want to have a little garden, why. You can put in a couple of potatoes and maybe a, a couple of corn stalks, and there's flowers all over the place, and yes, most of the ladies are very congenial. Very beautiful flowers there, and some very nice landscaping. Well, yes, the, we have the, the first one. We had a hard time uh, getting the, uh, the grass and the trees and the stuff like that, but we had a lot of trees donated and a lot of help donated, and... Uh, we think that we have the person who's looking real nice, except for the repairs that we have to do on them. It's coming along real good. The, and the new ones will be just, just the same way. It'll be real real nice, and we'll have it all uh, grassed around, and there'll be a new commons over there, too, for, the, for those 16 people, and they, they'll all be together, I'm sure. Uh, I understood there were going to be some two-bedroom uh, well, apartments. We have we have thought about two bedrooms, but uh, at the present time that is on the uh, what do you call it on the back burner, and the uh, uh, we have enough applications and enough people that need the one bedroom apartments that that is all we are having at the present yeah. time. The the two bedroom apartments, why well, then you're of course you're getting into a, a a different category of people too. That is. Uh Right now, there's so many that just need the one bedroom for that That's matter. Right. That's right. That's, and it's, uh, it gives them the privacy that everybody needs. It's uh, really a nice, homey place, however. Well, yes, because they, 
we have the uh, we have the TV cable coming in, and uh, where everybody has a gets a TV cable, and they, each one of them has their own individual heating units and things like that. And of course, and most of them have a telephone. And outside of the that, why that's the only nominal fee cost that they have to go with them. It's uh, it's really something that Carbondale has needed for a long time. And I'm very happy that you're building another unit and that there's a third unit hey, we, we have in the back of your mind already. For, for a third unit, and the, uh, in other words, uh, the original plans were that we'd, we'd put in three 16-unit uh, buildings over there. And uh, we're trying also, we have... Uh, we had tried to buy other land that nearby where that we could put in another set of units. And uh, of course, those programs, we're still working on those, but uh, they, we, had, we get a lot of help from a lot of people around and uh, we always have <laughs> looking around for more help and more people to uh, work on the board because you have people coming and going. And so anyone ever interested in working on the board, why? Uh, Con contact Billy Lou Spear and they, they uh, uh, put in your name and uh, whenever they have a meeting and they need another member, why we'll be glad to have somebody that's interested in serving on the housing board. How many people to serve on the housing board? Well, we have two two different boards. We have what we call the, the uh, housing corporation and then we also have the housing authority. Now, uh, one is in charge of doing the housing and one is in charge of raising the money and uh, taking care of it. Now then, with the, the way we have the money now for these two different separations, we have a little more complicated. We have what you call phase one. We have also, you got, you got phase two, and then the next unit would be, which we're working on also now is phase three. And so each one of them, we have a separate board and a separate set of uh, directors on them and a lot of the people are serving on all three boards because they you got to have somebody with experience uh, to lead when you have a new organization starting so we have a lot of enough older people that have been on the board that is on in all phase one phase two and phase three and then we have a very good manager in in pat warner and uh, she really keeps things rolling over there it's quite a complication of uh, committees and boards, but you do need that background for the next phase oh, as yeah, you go yeah, along. You know, you gotta you gotta go to the city council here too. You know, we gotta we gotta work with them because actually it's a it's a city project. Actually, they uh, uh, they call it a Carbondale uh, Housing Authority. And, uh, but it's still under the, well, you have to get permission from the town for everything that you do, you know, and everything you turn around and you get their approval. And uh, of course, it's, uh, it's too bad uh, in some respect that uh, it's not uh, for people only in Carbondale because we have enough older people here we can do it. But being government supported and government subsidized, why, of course, you, a couple comes here from California and they're in need and uh, they got an application they put it in, well, of course you got to accept them. And uh, so, uh, but we do have enough people around Carbondale, older people, they, uh, it seems so funny that uh, when I was a kid here, you hardly had any older people. They, they just, uh, I don't know, they, uh, whether, where they went, but uh, 
uh, when people, uh, well, of course, when you're young like that, why anybody that's 30 years old is old too. Well, and uh, we're living longer than we used to. Oh, definitely, definitely. There's, I never thought I'd live to 90, but here I am. But I <laughs> well, thought when I was 40 that that was, that was it, and I was 40 before I even knew it. That's right, and the, not only that, the, uh, uh, those of us that uh, when we were working, when Social Security first came out in 35, we thought, well, my goodness, you draw that at 65. My God, nobody lives to 65. I mean, very few people did. But uh, now then, here they are, the thing about changing that age to uh, 68 or 70, because people live to be 80, 85, and 90. I mean, like yourself. We're, uh, well, I don't know, but we're, all of us are living more. I remember anyone who was 65, I thought they were at the end of the line, and my goodness, 65 is young in this day and age. Now, nowadays, yes, if, if you were 65 back in the, the Depression days, why, you were, you were old and corrupted. I mean, they, you just, they, nobody ever thought of you living to be that old, but it's, uh, it's, uh, the, the town has changed a lot. Like now, I imagine we have a population of what, about 3,000 people? Closer to four. Well, closer to 4,000? Yes. And where we used to have, uh, like I was just saying at the beginning of the program, we had five grocery stores. Now we have one grocery store. A big one. Big one. And it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. Right. Well, and we have other uh, places where we can get um, vegetables and things of that kind. Well, of course, in, the, in, in, in our day here, back, back in those days, we didn't know what a pizza was. No. And everything we wanted to do, we went to Glenwood. Everything went to Glenwood. We didn't have any show house or anything like that. They, we had a real nice dance hall up here in the Oddfellas Hall where we could go and we could dance. And then also in the Dinkle Building here had a lovely dance hall where the theater more or less is right now. And uh, But then we had a dance every Saturday night. And uh, uh, there was, there was something to do all the time that we made do ourselves. We didn't have to... Have people come in it was all community, the That's entire right. community. Now there's so many different organizations in town and so many different people. It's impossible to know them all. Well, that's right. Yeah. You, you, uh, and the uh, in our own neighborhoods, why we have so many rental units and so forth that the people come and change so fast and so forth that you don't even get to know them. Where before we used to know every. Every dog in town by its first name. <laughs> right. <laughs> now there's more dogs than people, I think. Everybody knows my dog, Sparky, because <laughs> he thinks he owns that one particular spot and doesn't want anybody or any... I, th I, th I think he does too, don't he? Oh, I guess he does. <laughs> Did you see yeah. all the houses that are being built around the where the senior housing is at now? The, yes. Where the uh, Hendrix uh, place was at yes. and then... Uh, the river project on down below the Hendrix place here's got quite a few houses on and they're the, so big they are they are so building big such they, big houses and, and they're not uh, you know they're not in the hundred and hundred and fifty thousand dollar class either you know they're they're running right up two two and a half three hundred over three hundred thousand dollars some of them those are those are big houses in that area at one time our house there on Euclid the corner of seventh and Euclid was the city limits Right. That block was the end of Carbondale, city limits, and all past there was farmland. 
Yeah, but see the, because he, uh, uh, you know, Ping, he had the he had the last house there on Lincoln, and uh, Witchy, he was across the street there on Lincoln, and the uh, anything beyond that, why uh, that was free hunting grounds. We used to go down there and hunt all the time, but there wasn't anything down, you know, down below there. Yes. There's houses, some 80 houses on that property now. It's uh, it's amazing that that we have the people that want to live here, but I don't blame them. This is a great place to live. Well, I think we, uh, right now, I think that uh, our town is turning more into a uh, bedroom community, more or less, for right. the outlining areas for uh, asthma and uh, snow mass and uh, uh, places like that because uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of traffic, as you can always tell, coming up 32, like you go down to uh, Glenwood at uh, around uh, 7.37, 7.38 o'clock in the morning, and it's bumper to bumper traffic going up there and going out from here. Look at the buses, how they're full all the time. Yes, the on. buses go out. They go past my house starting, and it seems like the first one goes by about 4 o'clock in the morning, and then the last one's around midnight. And so they, everything is... Uh, Everything has changed. Uh, remember how we used to have, uh, we used to raise uh, more potatoes than practically any place in the United States at one time. And now then you have what? One one farmer, a rancher out here that does raise a few potatoes. That's so right. That's John Aslanik, he's about the only one raising potatoes anymore. And uh, you have to buy potatoes even to have potato day. And uh, it's, uh, the farmers are raising houses instead of crops. Well, yeah, they they're all getting up to the retirement age, and now they and there's enough uh, uh, real estate people that uh, have buyers that uh, want to uh, subdivide the land now and build houses, and the price is uh, is phenomenal. It's just the the price is out of sight, that uh, and you can take it and uh, retire on a very good income. Potato Day is coming up. It's a little bit later this year than usual. I think the date is October twelfth. 12. Well, uh, they, it's a home, homecoming also. And, yeah. Um, and they, I hope that the, uh, hope that this potato day, that the uh, uh, potato day committee hires an announcer that actually knows where he's at. You know, the, uh, it's kind of funny to go up there and watch the parade and, and have some uh, half uh, comedian <laughs> stand up there and say, Hey, here we are in Bonedale. Here we are in Bonedale. Yeah, I don't going on. Here we're going down the main street of Bonedale. Here it is, Bonedale. And where the hell is Bonedale? I mean, this is Carbondale. So I hope they uh, they hire an announcer this year that he actually knows where the hell he's at. That's, uh, I don't like that nickname for us. Though even the, the Chamber of Commerce people here uh, a couple of years ago, they used to run an article paper, and then they always sign off and say Bonedale. I guess there's enough hippies still around that try to get the town changed to Bonedale at one time that uh, they're still not going to give up yet, I guess. But well, it it's, is Carbondale. It's Carbondale. And then Monsopris is such a drawing card for everyone. Anyone that comes by and sees Monsopris, it's uh, really a, a drawing card. And you know, the other day it looked like it had a little sliver of snow on that's, there, didn't it? That's what they said that there was snow yeah, on it. Yeah, it looked like a little sliver of snow there. You know, we had uh, we had frost this morning on our garage. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so they, uh, <laughs> you know, that the, the fall weather is fall coming. weather is here. And the uh, 
I know Sopris has still got that one saddle on top has still got snow on it, so it didn't go completely bare this year. Well, I've known years in the past when we've had snow on Mount Sopris every single month. We'd have a, a well, a snowstorm on top. And of course, we used to have snow here in Carbondale up to your chin. Well, last year they had, uh, they closed, uh, uh, let's see, they closed uh, Vale Pass and they closed uh, Independence Pass on July the 4th for a little while while they cleaned the snow off of it. Well, I like the warm days. I don't like the cold nights. <laughs> so. Well, we got, we got plenty of cold nights because they, uh, uh, lately now, they, uh, uh, I know the, the wind comes up, you know, around 5 o'clock every night. And uh, so they, uh, and it cools off, and it, uh, then we had that real rain the other day. It did, it turned cold, and so they looked like fall was coming, and we hope it kind of stays kind of nice because we like to get a lot of the foundation and some of the, the uh, uh, sides up on some of those buildings over there at senior housing before it turns too cold, and we like to have them ready so that uh, we can move in, you know, by next spring if we possibly can. Well, if you can get the outside walls up, then you can do a lot of work inside. That's right. In winter time. Yeah, regardless of what the weather is, why you can they, work inside. You closed in, why you can you can do a lot of work. Yeah. So that would be great to have those units. I hope open sooner. We drove up over Dinkle up to Dinkle Lake, and the colors were changing already. It's. Seems oh yes, to me the like col it's colors have changed completely all the way around right now. It's yeah. much, much too soon to have the colors changing, well, in August as they did. And look and out on your September. lawn, look how the leaves are falling on your lawn. And the leaves are falling. Well, another winter. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it, undoubtedly it comes all the time. It never has <laughs> failed yet. <laughs> it, ha it hasn't. Especially but here in Carbondale. <laughs> we do have the uh, skiers and the skaters, so we have uh, we have something the year round. That's that, right. Uh, you have something all the time. All eh? the time here. Yeah, the the, the 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 seasons are very good here, and the uh, the the seasons always change. Sometimes they're a little late, but uh, just like in the uh, around Easter time, why you've always got your tulips coming if the deer don't eat them, and if you see the deer walking. Yeah down the street they'll eat they'll eat your tulips if your tulips are out so they uh, and it's nice to have them running around too they uh, usually get my tulips every year and then uh, in the fall I have the deer in the backyard with the apples yeah right because I have the apples well we don't pick all of them they're falling down and, and we've had deer in the yard already they just they just love apple apples is a good Good uh, teaser to get in for getting deer to come in. I didn't look at the time. Is your time going away, Mary? We're just about the end of our line. Are we? Yes. Well, it's very so. been very enjoyable talking to you, and the uh, I hope I've uh, brought you a little information about the uh, senior housing and how well, it's going. That's, uh, and uh, if you want to, why at a later time, why we'll give you more information. Because we are very happy to have a senior complex. We need it. The nursing home is great. The new college. Right. Whoever thought of having a college in Carbondale? Well, they've always had, a, you know, you always had them scattered in five or six different buildings, and now you kind of got them yes. down in one building. Now again. you have it in one building, and it's it was great. The 
ribbon cutting ceremony was wonderful. And the building itself grew, it just grew up overnight. Yeah. Usually it would take a year or two to build a building that that size, but now it's all ready and the inside is gorgeous. And of course they have the kids there and, and uh, parking. 50, 60 cars around there the other night. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna get out of your driveway when all the cars start parking. <laughs> Sometimes you can't, but nevertheless, we're very happy to have all of these new, well, the senior complex, the nursing complex, the college, we're growing and we need that, yeah, we need look, them. Look at the renovation that the uh, Rebecca's are doing on the old Oddfellas building. Yes. Hey, it's gonna look like it's brand new and uh, that building is uh, gonna be a real nice building. It's uh, time to get through repairing it. It's gonna be a building that's gonna last for another 100 years. And it used to be the community center at one time. We had all of our graduations, our proms, our dances, right. everything in that building. We even played basketball in that's that building. That's where we played all of our basketball games when I was yes. going to school, yes. And pot-bellied stoves in each corner. That's right. So it's a... You had six stoves in there, one in each corner and one in the middle, and uh, in the middle too. So, you know, we have six, did have six chimneys. Yeah. Now we've used the brick to to repair some of the building, some of the brick that were lost and falling out. That's right. I guess some of the brick has been hauled from Leadville many years ago. Oh yeah, they to get that to get that color brick. Why? Yes. Uh, but the uh, uh, you know the old stage used to be back in the back end there, and then it's been remodeled so many times that uh, that's a, that's a real nice old building, and we're sure glad that it's renovated right now. It's going to be well. It's been uh, it's been in in use all these years for something or other. We've had different uh, business in there. We've had, uh, well, ceramics, and uh, just, it's been in constant use. And of course, our dances were very famous at one time. The square dancing, and even uh, some ballet. And of course, when they had the basketball team there, the audience had to sit on the stage because there was no room on the sides. That's right, they, did. they always got run into one of us big guys running along with the edge of the floor, you know, or getting uh, knocked over. Yes. So. You know, it's kind of odd that that building, that lot in between that, that building and the uh, Ship of Fools there has never been built on. Well, the uh, Oddfellas own part of it. Had they own half of it, I understand. And then the other side is owned by uh, John Fulcrot and his people, mm -hmm. and uh, we want to keep it as Friendship Park. It's always been a real, real nice park. I remember <laughs> the, when we had our dances there, that was always where we always used to gather out on the side there, you know, dance, to, to, uh, you know, after we got tired of dancing, and go out <laughs> and have a little drink of Dago Red and so on and so forth, you know, they, it was always a nice little place to gather after the dance when they, when you've got, when you've been dancing every dance. So, I can't see the time. Okay, you have been listening to J.R. Dye and uh, renovating. We're just talking about Carbondale as it used to be 
and Carbonyl as it is now and Carbonyl as it will be. We're growing and uh, we're doing so many fine things that Carbonyl is a nice place to live. This is this I remember, Perry Ferguson. Thank you for listening to another fantastic installment of This I Remember by Mary Ferguson. For the full archive of all of the episodes, please visit carbondellhistory.org. If you would like to be able to search through the entire transcription library of all of her episodes, please email info at carbondellhistory.org. Thanks so much. Stay tuned. Subscribe.